It is December 20th, 1997, and Everything to Everyone by Everclear is number one on the Billboard Modern Rock chart. Welcome to Tell Me All Your Thoughts on Pod. I'm Quillen. I'm Trev. I'm Al. And this is a podcast where we talk about every song that reached number one on the Billboard Modern Rock chart in the 90s, beginning with Kurt Cobain's death in April 1994. Today we'll be talking about Everything to Everyone, the first single from Every Clear's third album, <laughs> So Much for the Afterglow. Everything to Everyone spent one week at the top of the Modern Rock chart. All right, so we did uh, an Everclear episode kind of unofficially earlier, right? Because we were tired of talking about Bush. Yeah. Is that what it was? Yeah, what we yeah. Did? that's exactly All right. right. Yeah. yeah, so we did sort of like, a, a, we talked about Sparkle and Fade, mm-hmm. and here we are back again. Uh, Everything to Everyone was uh, a big success. It also peaked at number 15 on the mainstream rock chart. Uh, how do you like this one? Big old thumbs up for me. Love it. A big old, love a big it. old thumbs up. You love it. Love this song. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what do you love about it? Um, love the bouncy drum beat. As simple mm. as it is. Mm. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll have a whole spiel about the drums. Um, yeah. Yeah. When we yeah, me the too. drums are great. When we talk about the album, I, I have yeah. so much to say about the drums. Um. Yeah. I love the bounciness of the of the beat. Um, I love the like kind of like alarm sound. Like synth is it? Is that a synth? You think? I, I think it might. Be, I thought it might be a like guitar. a super metally guitar tone. Uh, but I don't know. I like that part. Um, I love the uh, the melodies are great. Um, the guitar noodling bridge is awesome, and and the way that it maintains kind of like throughout the rest of the song when the chorus comes back in. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, I really don't want to say too much right now because I feel like I'm going to blow my load, but like it is so simple and just so great for it, for how simple it is. It's just, yeah. it is I think what you it should is. just go ahead and say your piece. Cause like, I don't have a whole lot to say other than just listing five or six things that I love about it. Oh, I no, I I'm done. I mean, that's my piece about the song, really. Okay, um, I have right. other stuff to say about other songs on the album, and yeah, it all ties together about the drums. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think this. I mean, I shamelessly love Santa Monica. Um, 
And this song I might think is like a more, oh, a better crafted song or like at least production wise, maybe doing some more interesting things. But, um, this album is extremely well produced. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I just remember this is one of those songs that like the first time, you know, hearing like the premiere on 89 X, I was just like, holy shit. This song is so good. I, it just, it just hit me right away. Great pop rock song. Uh, are we talking now or are we talking then? Either way. Let's start with that. are kind of the same. Then I, I'm totally on board with Quill and I thought it was awesome. Uh, now, not so much. Um, I think that the, um, you know, you mentioned the synthy sounding part, whether it's synth or, or guitar, um, that always kind of reminded me of Matthew Sweet. And it, it mm-hmm. sounded a little bit like um, the single from Blue Sky on Mars that we covered, which is called... Um, where do you get where love? you get love? Yes, exactly. I don't know why I always kind of compared these two songs, um, but it sounded like that. Um, I think at the time I thought it was a lot uh, cooler and maybe edgier than I think it is now. Now I feel like it sounds like there's a little bit more sugar ray to it than um, <laughs> than uh, I thought of back then. Back then it's I was like poppy. It is. Yeah. It's super poppy. Yeah. I don't um, think there's anything edgy about it. It is yeah. Just a pop, okay. Pop song. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good to know because I think when I was younger, I did think it was kind of edgy and cool. It was an alternative rock song from a band that wrote the great Santa Monica, which was so <laughs> excellent and is still excellent. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, uh, it, you know, all of the songs from that album still hit me um, as well now as they did back then. But there's something that changed. Um, between 95 and 97 or whatever it happened to be for this band for me um, where it's, it's, it's missing something. Mm. Um, so I'm not, I'm not that thrilled or over the moon about the song like I used to be. Yeah. About that transition, Art Alexakis told MTV, the fact is Sparkle and Fade was a rock record with pop influences this time we tried to make a pop record with rock influences. That sounds about right. That makes yeah. complete sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just going to basically say the same things as Quillen. It's a very well produced song. I'm not confident that there's a lot of content there at the heart of it. Um, but the, the drums sound great. I mean, this guy, Greg Eklund, we'll talk about him more. I, I can tell, but uh, he's got great fills. And uh, the bass sounds really good. Those, you know, that whatever that keyboard or guitar harmonic is. And then there's all these other little bits of ear candy. There's the slide guitar, mm. just, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, just that little thing. Or It's such ear candy. Um, uh, when they get to the first chorus, an acoustic guitar comes in and doubles the bass part. Oh, it sounds good. Is the bass chorus, uh, chorus bass? Like 80s style chorus bass? I don't hear any effects on it, but I'm not always <laughs> good at hearing that kind of stuff. Um, there's background vocals. This whole record is full of these West Coast. They're kind of playing with the West Coast. So it's got like Beach Boys background vocals on almost the entire record. I, I'm a real sucker for that in pretty much any context. But like 
doing like a pop punk record with Beach Boys background vocals. It's like uh, that's uh, it's a it may be a cheap trick in some ways, but um, I'm a sucker for it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, in the music video, they jump up and down. There's this all this silly stuff that they did in their live shows at this time where they had synchronized jumps and stuff like that. But that's what this is. You're 13 years old. You're jumping up and down on your bed if you're listening to this song. Yes. Like, and that feeling, you know, I don't jump up and down on my bed and listen to this song. But, like, that, that feeling is still there. Mm-hmm. It's just this, just, it's just fun. You put yourself in stupid play. I think you know it's true Situations where it's easy To look down on you Think you like to be the victim Think you like to be in pain I think you make yourself a victim Almost every single day You do what you do You say what you say You try to be everything Do everything Kind of like Smash Mouth That's it. Literally, what we just talked about. Smash Mouth is a fun band. Everclear is putting out a fun album. It's so. It's the same thing. Why? How? Okay. There is something a little more heartfelt about Everclear than there is about Smash Mouth. That's true. But does it? I mean, that legitimizes it more. Is that the thing that makes it better? I'm not. I'm not being totally sincere and being like Everclear is Smash Mouth. It's the same thing. But like, if we just said that Smash Mouth is fun for me. and You, uh, you guys said that. <laughs> I thought it was fun. <laughs> and I didn't say that. I said it sounded like the band is having fun. Yeah. So okay. And okay. I only said that I liked Walking on the Sun. <laughs> and that's it. Okay. And the first and, song. And, ever, and, and so much for the Afterglow sounds like fun to you. Is that what I'm hearing? Well, this song, I think, is pretty pure fun the album you know everything that he does art alexakis does is like he does these kind of semi-autobiographical things there he's always pouring his emotions into things and rough childhood yeah man (laughs) that's what i hear anyways (laughs) that's that's what he tells us yeah uh fun fact interesting fact they use pro tools on this record pro tools is relatively new mm. uh they sped this song up 10 percent before they put the vocals on because they oh. liked the energy that it added which makes oh. me wonder if they did that to a bunch of songs on this record because some of these songs on this album are fast yeah and how bad it must have sounded 10 percent slower i don't know that's really yeah, interesting they, the they drums really sped this stuff up the drums kind of have a weird like tinge to them that yeah that kind of makes sense huh yeah that's that's all that's all i've got to say about this song man it's got a couple things to say but yeah i had i had a whole (laughs) you know a whole experience with this album where um my i um i got this as a gift from my friend um I went, she had her, like a deviated septum fixed. And so she had surgery and I went over there. This was like 97. And um, I went over to her house and it was like right after Christmas. 
And um, we were close enough friends that we bought each other Christmas gifts, but I didn't know what the hell I was doing because I'm 13. And so, um, you know, I think my mom convinced me to get her like jewelry or something like that. And I was like, okay, whatever. That sounds good. And she got me so much for the afterglow, which was like so much more of a like practical gift. And so, you know, she was recovering. And so I just like hung out at her house for like eight hours one day. And we listened to so much for the afterglow and we listened to Firecracker by Lisa Loeb and watched, uh, watched MTV all day. And it was a great day. And I just really associate this album with that day where it was just like a long lounging sort of like, we're not doing anything. We're just hanging out and listening to music and watching TV. And, um, and this is just a friend. Yeah. Yeah. It was. <laughs> it, it was. I don't know. She's uh, what are you implying, of... Al? <laughs> um, well, you know, it was also like we were, I think we were maybe freshmen in 97. So she was probably like romantically involved with, you know, 18 year olds with cars and stuff like that. And I was oh, like, I had my thumb up my butt as a 13 year old. Yeah trying to figure out what the hell is going on in the world. So, um, you know what you should have bought her? What? A new life. (laughs) 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 Oh, that's good. Great job. Um, <laughs> but anyways, that was that was like a uh, that's what I think of when I think of this album, and it's so I I I'll never like just tear it apart, and I didn't have a bad time listening to it, but that's it it, it reminded me of these like vivid memories of that day, and hanging out and um and how nice it was. So, um yeah the the song itself is is what it is. It's sort of what I mentioned, you know. I think. And this song especially, like, they really scaled back on the guitars compared to mm-hmm. Sparkle and Fade. Um, like, they pulled back. The guitars are, like, turned down. And um, that's something that has a pretty big impact on how I perceive the album now um, compared to back then. Like, I wouldn't have been able to notice that. But um, on, on this song, it's... it's uh, it, it's 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 missing that extra kind of kick that like Santa Monica would have. Or oh, that's one of that's those other great singles. I get I get why you're saying that, but I that's part of the charm for me with this this song in particular is like the way that it's scaled back, but is still upbeat and not quiet or anything. It's an interesting move. It's I don't know. I it's part of the charm with the song for me. Um, and part of what makes it uh, like a pop song with rock influences versus mm-hmm. the other way around, like yeah, the quote. You yeah, I, I ultimately prefer Sparkle and Fade, but not by much. I and mean, I think that they complement each other nicely. Um, I think I'm the opposite. I think I slightly prefer this. Okay. Uh, any thoughts about the video? It's good. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, it's, it's really fun. interesting. Um, I think it, the concept is great. Yeah, um, yeah. It it's got be, that rotating camera. Things come in and out of the shot. 
Yeah, it's like yeah. Uh, three corners, basically kind of rotating with new elements introduced in each camera spin. Yeah, yeah. Uh, four. Me, four band members. Gave me a little Which, bit of uh, I didn't COVID know that panic. At this time. Yeah. Oh, the the small enclosed. Yep. Room. No. <laughs> Wear your masks, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I, I man, I I think about that any like when I mean, when I'm watching any TV show or movie or something yeah. now I'm like, <laughs> where are your masks? Yeah. Oh man, yeah. you're <laughs> just asking for it. All right. Well, uh, let's talk about the album then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, this album's also super well produced. It's, there's lots of ear candy. There's great sounding guitars and drums. <laughs> I do think that the songs are less interesting than Sparkle and Fade at heart, but uh, the polish is hard. it's kind of undeniable. It's it's fun. Um, it's a different vibe, but I think it's a good album. Uh, Quill, what do you think of the rest of the album? Yeah, I, I think it's good. Um, there are probably more songs on it that I like than on Sparkle and Fade. Um, Some of the, I mean, I think this, uh, I think everything to everyone is definitely the best single and maybe the best song for me. Um, but I mean the intro, like the way it opens with the title track is so great. Um, with like the beach boys harmonies, like the blatant beach boys harmonies. And then it turns into a pop punk ripper. Um, um, other well yeah we'll talk about the other singles but uh i agree that this is probably the best song in the album yeah i amphetamine is a good non-single um another like more kind yeah. of like punk-ish song um yeah amphetamine super fast yep. energy's great and then in the second half when it transforms to that kind of um uh depressing sounding thing with strings is, is yep. very cool she came out west to buy my son She lost her name but found a new one Amy goes to school all day But at night in the neighborhood They call her amphetamine So something that I want to point out is, and I think it's a charming detail on the album, but maybe it's a little ridiculous because it happens so much. I mean, I don't know if they were doing this on Sparkle and Fade too, and I just didn't notice, but I feel like at least half the songs on this album have the same, like, uh... Pre-chorus, I think, is is what it is, where it's yeah, no, yeah, oh yeah. I mean, that's so that happens in Father of Mine, and then also in Amphetamine, and also in one of the other singles, um, I will buy you a new life. It happens. I'm pretty sure it happens in um why I don't believe in God, which is a song. That song was scary to me as a kid. I did not want my parents to know that I, <laughs> I know what was you mean. Listening to a song called why I don't believe in God. Yeah. That was really, uh, really radical. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just this thing. And it, it's like, there are different variations. Like sometimes it's did did it, did it. Yeah. Sometimes it's like, did it, did it, it. Sometimes it's like, did it, did it, Like it's just like different versions of this, but it's the same chord, you know, one chord and with a, yeah, like a hundred percent. It happens so many times. And I don't know. The other thing to talk about the drumming um, the fills, Al, you said that the drummer uses great fills. He only does the most basic, like, fill. Like, no, <laughs> no, uh, nuance, no, like, flare or flash or anything. There's one song, oh, I wish I could remember which song it, maybe it's One Hit Wonder. One Hit Wonder has a big fill in it. Well, it's... I want to say that that's the song where it's like the same kind of bouncy beat as uh, everything to everyone. And he just does the, the like the like four count to fill almost at, like, it's like almost part of the beat. Like it's like, like just constantly. And it's like, I think it's something that would have annoyed me, but it, it sounds so great. It's so good. And it's kind of cool that that's like the only fill he does. And he does it a lot. Yeah. It sounds so good. And adding to that, I don't know if like all of the songs have double tracked drums or if there's like a sampled beat underneath. It reminds me of shop, shop talk here. It reminds me of back when we recorded with Mike Lutz um the song sardines when he wanted to have an electronic beat underneath the whole song do you remember and this is how how the song is um and he wanted me to play to this beat and that's what all of these songs sound like is like a programmed beat with live drumming over top or just two, two takes of drums because like fills come in at slightly different times or it sounds like, um, like there are two hits like on the snare or it's a really, really cool sound. And I think part of what I like about the production I don't know. It's just, it, it's a really wild sounding album to me because, because of that. Um, the drums just sound fucking crazy. Um, yeah. What, what do you have to say about the drums? Cause you were, Oh, I just, I, I just enjoy his fills. I, you know, I'm not sure that I really notice how much variation there is, but I'm perfectly happy. I think to hear him just go, that always feels good to me. He plays with so much confidence. It's like, it's so simple what he's doing, but he, he hits the drums, right? It's it's so great. It's, it's, it's so great. Yeah. Another thing that might give me a little more affection for him is that he, he left the band at just about the right moment. 
he left the band in the early 2000s oh. when they were kind of starting to go off the rails. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. He He's never played. He didn't go play in, you know, like, uh, you know, Velvet Revolver or something like mm-hmm. that. He, he's, mm-hmm. he's, he's, he's playing in bands that I've never heard of, um, which I don't know. Maybe Respect, foolishly, I, I feel like that's an indication of somebody's integrity or something mm-hmm. like that. But mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I, I guess in terms of the negative for me, um, you know, yeah, there are some very repetitive things that Art mm-hmm. Alexakis does, and he's got some very frustrating lyrical ticks. I feel mm-hmm. like I kind of tore apart I Will Buy You a New Life back when we did the Sparkle and Fade episode but you know that for opening lyrics i mean he he will take so long fill so many syllables with something that could happen so fast here is the money that i owe you yeah so you can pay the bills i will give you more when i get paid again and then uh you know he's got i will buy you a new car perfect shiny and new like this just it, it might be subtle it might seem like i'm really like picking things apart because sometimes I write song lyrics and I'm not saying that my song lyrics are great, but you don't want to say that the car is new twice in the same half a second. You <laughs> three, <know? laughs> three times really like, yeah, I mean, how he many does, <clears throat> there's the, the line about, um, uh, I moved in with the strangest guy. Can you believe he actually he thinks actually thinks that, that I really, am really alive. There's so much where it's just like, just say it, man, spit <laughs> yeah. it out. Yeah. <laughs> and then and father of mine, the, the emotional climax of this boat, the song is supposed to go. And I swear I'm not going to let him know all the pain I have known. Like and it's it's subtle. It's subtle. But it's, you know, when you really stop to think about it, you listen to the song a lot. You kind of think, oh, OK, I wonder if this guy could do a little better than that. Um. I made, uh, you know, with with uh, Sparkle and Fade, I had made a little supercut of some of my favorite lyrics from <laughs> that album. Um, yeah. I made a, a one for this album, too. So I figured that we could maybe... Um, I just put the link in the chat. And maybe we can, like... Do you want... Maybe we can count down and play it together, and then I'll put the clip in the episode, and then we can just have your reactions. Great. We'll just I'm... put your reactions in the video. Thank you. Uh, count down from five. Oh, hold hold on. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> Let me rewind it because it started playing right away. Okay. I'm ready when you all are. Five, four, three, three two, two, one. <laughs> oh my god, there's still a minute. <laughs> I'm crying. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> nice slow zoom on the video. Yes, yeah, yeah, 
yes, yes, yes. My stomach hurts. <laughs> Just for the record, that was uh, 30, a solid 30 seconds more of yes and yeses than there was on Sparkle and Fade. That's a lot. Oops, sorry. <clears throat> that took me two hours. <laughs> <laughs> I, I appreciated that there were some yeses in there and oh, yeah. and, and a couple noes and uh um, oh yes. Yeah. I think maybe at the end of the episode we can put a combined sparkle and fade plus uh like Sparkle and fade plus uh, uh, so much for the afterglow. All the all the yes. Oh God, please do. Maybe at some point I can go back and do uh, uh, some of the other albums too. Uh, there are like some. There are actually some YouTube likes on uh, on the Sparkle and Fade Art Alexakis YouTube video. Awesome. Good job. Yeah. Good you did job. it, Al. So. You're you're a master of the yes. Yeah. Can I jump in about sensation. this damn album? I'd like to I'd like hold to on. speak my yeah. piece. Oh, sorry. Hold on, Trev. I've got I've got something to say. Trev, hold on. Okay. Du, 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 du. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um du, 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 du. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh on this episode of Art versus the World, um, <laughs> this guy he gets he gets a little broader, right? He was like on Sparkle and Fade, he was more. Um, he had all these specific examples of how the world had wronged him, and now it's mm-hmm. just like he's he's kind of um, reacting to the normal people that freak him out. Normal people mm. scare me. It's yeah. it's got that vibe to it throughout. Um, he is not nearly as defiant or concerned with nipple piercings or whatever he <laughs> happened to be upset about or excited about on uh sparkle and fade. And now he's just like, um, I don't know. It just feels, it feels broader than, than yeah. the last album. And I know we talked about drumming. And I was sort of waiting to hear your reactions about it. And I'm surprised they're so positive because mine was that it's like kind of annoying. Like the drumming was annoying. Like I made a note that says specifically, is the drumming on this album annoying? <laughs> no. So I'm, okay. I'm, I'm open. I'm still thinking. I think I'm still thinking about it with my, my 13 year old mind. Yeah, I mean, I love uh, the drumming on Santa Monica is unbelievable. That's some of my favorite drumming ever. Just like cre- going hard really? on that snare. I yeah, love the I drumming mean, on that. It's just the long it's, snare rolls. It's like it's more of the 16 same, count snare. It's yeah, the same. It's I don't the think same. it is. It is, dude. It's the same fill. It's yeah. Yeah. All the same. But it, but like the the drumming, like in between on the verses and things, there's just this like little hitch to to the to the the playing that makes it feel a lot more poppy than just like a straightforward kind of. Um, there's a lack of intensity to it, where 
this feels like maybe it could be like i don't know like modern pop like train or jason mraz drumming or something like that that i just don't like um and it could be part of the production you know i know you mentioned that it's produced so immaculately and Mm -hmm. um in and on one hand that that is certainly the case if that's what you're looking for but on the other like it's it's uh neutered and defanged and like very smooth in a way that's not um as attractive especially in light of sparkle and fade um it reminded me specifically there's a good comparison at least to me um between the first and second fountains of wayne albums uh the first one had a little bit of an edge to it and then utopia parkway was a little bit more like okay we're gonna make a a power pop album quote unquote that's just gonna be like very well arranged and like crafted and it's gonna be like poppy um and i think this is sort of that way too um so it wasn't it, the sound of it was sort of like lacking for me all the way through um i think that the best song was maybe one hit wonder i liked one hit wonder a lot that was good. good i good think song. why why for i don't sure. believe in god was really good too um but that was a good example of like I like he's a I think for better or worse, he's at least a very interesting lyricist. Like his lyrics always kind of grab you one way or the other. Mm-hmm. And I think that that was a good example of like, I can't think of another example of this, but like show and tell, like the good rule of songwriting mm-hmm. is show don't tell where you're supposed to explain why someone feels this way rather explain why someone would feel sad rather than just saying I'm sad and he is both showing why he would be sad and then finishing it by saying I'm sad and Mm -hmm. so it was a really um unique kind of thing to experience that and um it's it's not necessarily good or bad it's just his own unique kind of um uh, a flavor that he adds to the song songs all of them really so i don't know i don't I, i'm not like necessarily being like like trying to drag this down at all but uh i didn't feel like as um excited about all of the different elements that um that maybe you guys seem to sure yeah, I'm not. This is uh, an album that I like, but not really an album that I feel inclined to defend from from any attack. It's uh, it's it's a bit shallow, but yeah, um, definitely, definitely. I I, I know, enjoy the the pleasures of it. I know why I like it, and I'm cool with that. I'm yeah. not gonna like count on winning someone over or even try like it's you know it's yeah it's a it's a shallow bubble grunge like earwormy album that yeah um i don't need to you know like it's i it was really fun um spending time with it um in preparation for this episode and i'll probably listen to it honestly once more um because when we do our um when I prep for our year end episodes, I just listen to everything from that year that I like. 
Um, so I'll probably listen to it again one more time, and then that'll probably be it for ever yeah. or, you know, for many years. Like, it's, yeah, it's, it is what it is. It's, it's, but it's good. I think it is good. I, I don't think yeah. it's, uh, you know, we've, we've covered much worse albums. Um, yes, agreed. You know, it's hard to think of an album that the bubble grunge label is more applicable to. Yeah. 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 This is like the bubble grunge album. Yeah. The other thing that I'll say, you know, we Quillen and I both liked the end of Amphetamine when it kind of goes into these kind of strings and sounds kind of sad and sincere. And that's the direction that Everclear goes in for their next album, Songs from an American Movie, Volume (laughs) 1, which uh, I purchased and liked. And yes, it does have a cover of Brown Eyed Girl on it. Oh, right. but you know there are some there's a little bit of like bluegrass at the end of this album too i can't remember if that's on why i don't believe in god or if that's on uh yeah i think it kind of is on why i don't believe in god it's a little folkier yeah yeah Yeah. that's the direction that they go in and uh i'd be curious to see if there's anything redeeming about that album but they he definitely takes it a little too far in the sentimental direction in the future. So I'm not trying to be contrarian or anything, but you guys both mentioned that this was like the Bubba Grunge album. And I wonder, I only have to mention this because I I wonder if there are people who are a little older who are like, no, this is past that because Mm -hmm. that's, that was my, that was my reaction to it. Mm -hmm. But the fact that both of you recognize it as that is completely valid but for me i would think that like the peak bubble grunge album would have happened in like 95 it would have been right. well be before like, this like, like purple by stone temple pilots maybe even like the collective soul album or like god even mm. like throwing copper really yeah um yeah. which is 94 so um i guess i, I, I always could... thought of bubble grunge as like post grunge like i guess to me like bubble grunge is like maybe like 96 and later trav i see though that like i I can see how someone could say that this album has nothing to do with grunge whatsoever Mm -hmm. yeah i think grunge is like grunge is like 91 92 and by the time 94 rolls around it's like Mm -hmm. eh, it's kind of moved on to something else which is more like poppy mainstream accessible stuff um, and so that's why I kind of think it, that it would fall somewhere in that category, um, more so than something else. And I, I, again, you're both not wrong. I just mm-hmm. wonder if it is a totally subjective thing based on how old you were around this time. Oh, it's yeah. totally subjective. Absolutely. Well, let's start kind of wrapping this up. A couple of, um, uh, distinctions that this album has achieved. This is Everclear's best-selling album. It's double platinum. Um, the instrumental track, El Distorto de Melodica, 
got a Grammy nomination for Best Rock Instrumental. Oh. <laughs> it sounds that's hilarious. Very, it sounds very dated to me. Yeah. I don't know if you yeah. thought about it much. It but sounds like a sound like a movie soundtrack from like yes. Mission yes. Impossible. It sounds or like, like a movie trailer. Yeah. from from 1997. Yeah, it's my least um, favorite song on the album for sure. Oh, okay. Yeah, I feel like I think Travis was kind of hinting towards the song Normal Like You, but I, I feel like that kind of epitomizes how empty the songwriting can sometimes be on this album. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of covered up by enough production flourishes that it works, but you can kind of tell that there's not really much under the surface there. Yeah. Um, in terms of, yeah, Travis. I was going to say maybe white men in the black suits are mm-hmm. is sort of similar White men in yeah. black suits. Um, yeah, it, it, I always found that a really fascinating song, even um, as a kid. And uh, yeah, it's 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 in line with the normal like you sort of thing. Like, oh, these corporate zombies are coming mm-hmm. to suck the life out of us. That sort of thing. Let's talk about uh, uh, the the singles, and I think that I've kind of made clear some of my feelings about these things, but I'm curious to hear what you think. I'll Buy You a New Life was a reasonably big hit. Modern rock number three, mainstream rock number 31, pop number 31. Um, You know, for the reasons that I've talked about before, I don't think that this song holds up very well. What do you two think of that song? No, it's it's not a great song, and I guess I always thought Father of Mine was the follow-up single. Um, and I will buy you a new life was after that. Um, I guess I, I misremembered. Um, it's, uh, I don't think it's the worst song on the album and I think it's far from the worst song, uh, you know, on the charts at any point, but like, yeah, I agree with you, Al, like it, it does not hold up. Um, the lyrics are laughable and uh yeah i don't know it's like i think that song is another hint at where they're going um on the on the next album um yeah yeah boy i'll be damned if i can't tell the difference between i will buy you a new life and daddy of mine (laughs) (laughs) those two songs sound exactly the same no That's so funny because they both have the dun 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 dun. It's true. That is that is definitely true. Yes. And I will buy a new life. Is dun 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 dun. Yeah. That's the My bad. You're right. Totally. Totally right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Father of mine is dun 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 dun. No. Yeah. 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 Father of mine is father of mine and actually sings <laughs> father of mine modern rock number four mainstream rock number 29 pop number 24 at the beginning it feels more like a riff than a song to me but by the end he does get genuinely 
in touch with his emotions in a way mm. that ultimately, by the end of the song, I'm won over. But it does take a while. Yeah. It, it, it's not a song that I particularly like. Man, I got I, no problem with that. That sounds just about right. It is, uh, <laughs> that is the hill he is ready to die on. He had a dad, and uh, daddy walked away. He gave him a name, and then he walked away. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, his, that's, I mean, he's real, like, ah, this is all just very, like, classic therapist material that yeah. he's laying out there all the time. I mean, going back to the last album. Um, I bet it just kills for a large number of people. Yeah, yeah, like, that's that's yeah, all, that, dad, that's wonderful. Me. I yeah. mean, Jesus, like I I don't relate to that, but some people do, and if this means something to them, that's fantastic. Yeah, I love. I do have to laugh a little bit about the line that I've already at some point in the past in the podcast I've already mocked it, but it wasn't yeah. easy for me to be a scared white boy in a black neighborhood. Oh, I know. He was, he was on the bottom rung because of those scary black people. But anyway, I well. know uh, that doesn't. Yeah, that doesn't. That line does not age well. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I I loved this song about as much as everything to everyone uh, at the time. Like this song killed me. Um, not uh, you know I I did not relate to it at all. But like musically, I just it's so simple and it's more of the same. It's like nothing to it. It's so fucking simple and it's more or less the same song. Um, but I don't know. I liked the chorus, I guess. I also, so like the big loud rock choruses where he scream or it was like yell singing and he walked away. Um, mm-hmm. I think I always heard a guitar part or a synth or something there, but it's not there. Like when I was listening to it this week, like the part that I thought I always heard growing up was not present. There was a poppier single mix of this song. You're kidding me. Do you know yeah. do you know the part that I'm talking about? Do you know like the I don't remember specifically, but yeah, it was heavier on keyboard. It's kind of like a like an alarm like synth like just like everything to everyone. It's like a yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, they definitely had a roided up like super uh, sugary pop mix of this song. Yeah. And that was Right. I mean, that would even have been the version that would have been on 89X. Might have been. Yeah. So the album version is, yeah, that makes so much sense to me. Funny. Okay. Do you guys think that it's Art playing the guitar solo on that song? Because it's a pretty good guitar solo. It's like a classic rock guitar solo. Do you not think that he's that good at guitar, actually? I don't know. There's not really any indication that he's got chops on the rest of the album. I know. (laughs) Sparkle and Fade has interesting chords, but you don't hear him playing athletically. Like, that that solo is... I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I I could play it, but it's... It's good. It's a it's good very proficient guitar playing. So it's con- chorus. It's confusing because the cover of the album has three the like the original three members, right? More or less. Yeah. But the video of everything to everyone has four. Yeah. 
I wonder if it's another, if it's like the other guitarist or like, like if they had a session guy who also played and he ended up joining or, or, Mm -hmm. but it does sound, it does sound more technical and flashier than he would typically be able to do or, or, or typically would do at least. So much for the afterglow was apparently a, a single. I think yeah. that that's one of the top three songs on the album, at least. Agreed. Uh, didn't chart. Um, any other thoughts on that one? I remember I it remember being it a lot being... faster. Yeah. Oh, me too. It, it's yeah. not very fast or very it, cooking. Like it I seemed it like it was a lot faster, right? Like in your yeah. memory, is that what you're saying? Yeah. 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 Same. Um, I do like the drum sound. The drum sound on that song is way more plain and not as like polished. Hmm. It's a bit okay. more just like mics in a room, like recording the drums, like nothing really flashy to it. It's great. It's a it's a nice touch. Um, I I don't I don't remember ever hearing it on the radio, but I always liked the song. It's yeah. I I agree with you, Al. It's like top three. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, One hit wonder. Travis has said he liked a lot. It hit modern rock number 12. The curious thing about this one is that it is constantly building each verse. It gets louder and louder Um, on the album that works really well. But I feel like on the radio, um, in order to build the dynamics, they have to have the first verse and chorus or so be kind of quiet. And, uh, I I feel like I remember that being an obstacle on the radio that, you know, you need to come, you know, songs with lots of dynamics don't do well on the radio because the volume Mm. is lower, but, um, that song, definitely the volume builds gradually throughout the entire song. And I think on the record, it's a great piece of mixing and production, but it doesn't seem like something that could do great on the radio. Um, I don't any other thoughts on that song? Not for me. No, that sounds good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I feel a little wistful, but we have to s- probably say goodbye to Everclear at this point. Any other thoughts on where Everclear <laughs> went from here? <laughs> I would love to hear one of one of these days I got to check out Return to Santa Monica. Yeah. I think that ultimately, you know, I laughed at that, but that was like one of the earlier examples of a band re-recording their songs for licensing issues, I think. Like mm. they were probably just doing it so that they could get paid for their songs. Um, Shit. They can tour, you know, probably make a bunch of CDs that they could sell on their tours that they would get all the money from instead of it going to their their label or whatever i think i don't know i could be totally mm. wrong about that That's because really i can't i i've heard that um as a justification for re-recording albums and i can't think of any other reason to do it than that so um god they they turned into a real piece of shit after this though i mean 
the next album, I didn't listen to the album, but besides Brown Eyed Girl, they have um, AM Radio, which AM is one of the worst songs of all time. Yeah, just yeah. absolutely abominable. I don't remember anything after so much for the afterglow. Like, uh, I the so okay. So they did. T- I mean, it was two albums, right? Like, not even a double album. It was two, like a yeah, two right. two part separate one, albums. One was supposed to be volume one was supposed to be the pop album, and volume two was supposed to be the rock album. I stopped listening in between volume one and two, so I don't really know what volume two sounds like. So on Spotify, they're not listed as volume one or volume two. <laughs> Interesting. One is songs from an American movie. Good time for a bad attitude. I'm assuming that's the rock one. And one is songs from an American movie, learning how to smile. Yeah. That one has song from an American movie, AM radio and brown eyed girl. So I assume. And wonderful. Wonderful was the biggest single. For yeah. Me. Wonderful uh, is also a huge piece of shit. Wonderful is probably the one that I would know. I'm assuming. Yeah. Wonderful is very traditional Everclear, that but with sounds, more pop ear. Yeah. Than that, normal. that sounds about right. That was probably like the lead off single. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So that was probably because I definitely recognize the, uh, the album cover. Um, and I do have the other one too, but I don't recognize any of the song titles. Yeah. Misery, Whip, the, Short Blonde the, Hair, Baby Talk, Halloween Americana, All Fucked Up, Song from an American Movie, Again, Overwhelming, Out of My Depth, Baby Talk, When It All Goes Wrong Again, Out of My Depth, Misery Whip. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> um, volume <laughs> one was still, I was young enough that I, it was kind of a big, a big deal to me, even though I, I did hate AM radio even at that time. I remember being excited about another Everclear album for sure. Yeah. Like, yeah. The only other thing that I'll say is that the yeah, right sample that I have used a lot on this podcast uh, comes from the song Now That It's Over on mm. on Songs from an American Movie Volume 1. I think I always thought it was like a, from a live recording. No, it's... Uh, he's, he talks about how, oh, you know, we can be friends now that it's over. We can have, we can have fun together. And then he goes, Yeah, right! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Got him. I, uh... Going back to Return to Santa Monica for a second, this is from 2011, and they re-recorded their singles, their biggest singles, um, and that's pretty much it. It is a re-recording of seven songs, their seven biggest hits, hmm. and then there are covers. Hmm. Uh, there is I Won't Back Down, The Joker, to go <laughs> to go along with Brown Eyed Girl. I mean, if you think about two songs that are just complete like musical wallpaper, they've included... <laughs> Brown Eyed Girl and the Joker. And then I Will Follow You Into the Dark by Death Cab for Cutie. Oh <laughs> and then Are every fucking kidding me. <laughs> and then every breath you take by the police. That's it. <laughs> it's like they don't even like music, but then there's a death cab song. Like I I don't know what to make of that. That, that was is, like those a... are totally like songs that were like 
those are those are songs by people who don't like or like favorite songs of people who don't like music. Yeah, dude, I and I know you too, Trev. Obviously, we we were huge Death Cab fans. Yeah, and I always fucking hated "I Will Follow You Into the Dark." <laughs> always, it was Wh- terrible. And I'm I'm a Plans defender. Like I. To this day, I think Plans still has good songs, but oh my god, that song is horse shit. One of my favorite takedowns of a song that I've ever heard in my life was uh, a friend once told me that when they hear uh, Old Time Rock and Roll by Bob Seger, they think about John McCain dancing to it. That was me. I know. I was trying to leave you out of this just in case. Um, (laughs) But that is the funniest visual and the funniest like knock of a song I've ever heard. And I think both apply to like the Joker and Brown Eyed Girl. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, good joke. Wild, huh? That was wild great. Stuff. Okay. <laughs> god we still have the charts to talk about yeah oh my god we still have radiohead to talk about <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna happen it's not gonna be a short one i don't good. think with radiohead <laughs> not as long right. as last last episode but <laughs> all right our mainstream rock number one is still touch peel and stand by days of the new uh our pop number one is still sandal in the wind uh by elton john and then we've got uh we've got the modern yep i burned him uh (laughs) then we got the modern rock chart so uh what do you all see on the modern rock chart man i feel like there's a lot uh i'm just gonna go down my list uh Brick by Ben Folds 5? Did you guys like Brick? Did you guys like Brick? Oh, I love yeah. Brick. Okay. So, and and Trev, I know that... So, L, are you a Ben Folds guy? Do you like Ben Folds or like the classics? Um, I, so, I guess I would say I'm a Ben Folds 5 guy. And almost immediately, once he went solo, I found him irritating. Got it. And Trev, you are... I mean, I know that you, you liked all of the classic five albums love and, and did did you end end it there as well pretty much i yeah. was you like totally on board for rock in the suburbs mm-hmm. just on momentum alone um but beyond that i think there were a couple eps that happened after that that i was into as well um but yeah definitely the, the, he was a guy that i like lost track of but like also went to see like several times after I'd been out of favor with him where I was just like, I don't, I don't care about him, but I'll go, I'll go see him. And and that probably stands today. Like I haven't listened to any new material from him in like 15 years and I'd, I'd go see him. It'd be great. Mm -hmm. I, so I hated brick. I fucking hated it when I was really hated it. It's so beautiful. Dude, hold on, hold on. (laughs) I was like, 
Sorry. I don't understand why. I, I don't know why. I, I remember I remember specifically seeing it on 12 Angry Viewers on MTV. And that was my introduction to the song. And I was like, oh, this is a ballad that's not Radiohead. Fuck. I don't care. And I just never got into Ben Folds 5 until I think I heard Army. I think that was the first Ben Folds 5 song that I was like, oh, this is interesting. Wow. Um, hmm. But I never, never pursued until college. And I'm not sure if it was from you, Travis, or if it was from, it may have even been Abbott um, that I heard Fair from Whatever and Ever Amen. Uh-huh. And that's the song that made me interested. And then I got into Whatever and Ever Amen. And, and, and I like Brick now. Brick is totally, totally beautiful. Totally, mm-hmm. totally a gorgeous song. And I know I always uh, talk to you about Darren Jesse and how much I loved his drumming. Oh, my God. Fantastic. Drummer. And the bass. The bassist. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my Lord. That distorted bass. What in the fuck? <laughs> Why? Yeah. Over the piano? It's so yeah. cool. It's like, I mean, like to me, I mean, and, and I know, like, sure, I'm sure he's playing really sweet chords and shit, but man, it's all about the drums and the bass. Yeah. Um, uh, continuing on, uh, Sweet Surrender by Sarah McLaughlin at number 16. Holy awesome. shit, is that song amazing. Awesome. Yeah, it's good. Oh it's my good. God. Love it. I also hated <laughs> that song as a kid. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I just, I just didn't have the brain for it. And unsophisticated. Now it's like, yeah. It, just yeah, like I, me. It's just like the melody is amazing and the chord yeah. progression now, is so great. Oh my God. Quill, you skipped over wrong number by the cure at number 13. Oh, was that, was oh, that intentional? Yeah. I, I just, I, you know, I had made a note to check it out cause I was, I didn't know what it was. And then, I, Oh shit. Yeah. And then I listened yeah. to it and was like, Oh yeah, this is like shit. Yeah. And it's, then, oh, what? Oh, it's, it's pure bubble gum, but it's, no, dude, it's like it's really good garbage for me. Yeah. No, no, no. You know what? It's actually it's really good. That's oh my god, cure, that's the Cure song you like, Al? Yeah, that's the that's. The I don't cure like song. a ton of Cure stuff. I know you but don't. That's probably in my top ten. Oh what? my god, kill me, Alec. Yeah, going to that's like cure. you don't like the part where he goes, uh, sorry, wrong number. You don't like that part? <laughs> no, there's probably not enough. <laughs> Sounds and stuff. Uh, he doesn't sing about Spider-Man. <laughs> Listen. You, know, like, you, you only like it when he sings about Spider-Man. Jesus. One line in 1987. <laughs> hey, Listen, you hold man. it against him for the rest of his life. Alec, I cannot believe that <laughs> this is the song. Like, Yeah. yeah oh, my God. I know, right? I remember, man. It's a, just like a party track. Exactly. It's like pure horse shit. It's like you might. I mean, it's it's like no better than uh, makes me feel like doing some tub thumping or something. I was going to say it's like no better than like the second best song from tub thumping tub thumper. Um, oh, man. I always really liked wrong number. Yeah. No, I cool. yeah, I was totally Here, not familiar. And here's I, a clip. Here's a clip. <laughs> Shut up. Here's a clip. Uh-huh. 
over yourself man so yeah uh, uh moving along did either of you guys remember dead weight by beck no yeah man vaguely so i was like when looking at the li- at the chart i was like what is this song i don't and then I listened to it and I remembered it. It's good. It's like, uh, it was like pre-Tropicalia. Tropicalia. Like, it was like yeah. hinting at that song. It was like a little darker, a little more somber sounding. It, it, it's good. It's really good. Um, Brimful of Asha by Corner Shop is here. Um, I'm going to skip this one. Uh, My Own Prison by Creed. Is here. We're like in a real, hello. We're, yeah, we're in like a real dark place now. Um, I, hey, wait. I wish did, that did, this was the Creed so, song that we had to talk about, and not the talk, one that we actually have to talk about. Yeah. Did you like my own present? Be Dude, honest. I, I did. Be honest. I did. I liked it at the time. Everybody yeah. kind of liked it. It was kind of yes, cool. Yes. It had like some drop D emo chords. It yes. was like hum. Dude. It, like home by uh yeah, stained. By, I, I said home, but it home like. too. <laughs> it did. It did. It's, no, it, it was like we were all kind of like, oh, this is you know. I mean, I I don't know. Yeah. I think I feel like everybody that I knew was like, this is kind of cool, and then every it was downhill from there. But well, I, every song after it was bad. But I think that of all of their songs, this is the one that is still not terrible. I look forward to revisiting and we're not going to it's we're going to be talking about the album after this. Yeah. Maybe you are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm evaluating all of it. So I can't a- wait after my own prison. I'm going to point out Royal oil by the mighty, mighty boss tones. Hell we're, yeah. Oh my God. One of the greatest songs that we've talked about on this podcast that I've learned about for the first oh time my God. from this podcast, Royal oil, I listen to it all the time. I love it. That's good. Are you serious? Right I'm now, totally Travis? serious. Oh yes. My God. I run to it. It is like, it's something that, oh God, what a you, jam. You did not like it previously. Oh, uh, I didn't not like it. I was, huh. I was on board with everything from let's face it. I was like, this is, yeah, everything's good. And actually I think it was my second favorite song from the album. My favorite was, um, a different song that I can't think of right now, but Royal Oil was uh, the second, came, and now right? uh, it wasn't that. That was you. Oh. Um, but Royal Oil <laughs> is the best. It's Dude, so, it's, so it's good. It's so good. Yeah, I mean, this week, Royal Oil at number 31, Rascal King at number 40. Yes, they have two. Boston's ruling. It's, man, if only. If only they took over the world. Oh, man. Yeah. Wow. Hey, hey. Hey. Jane says by Jane's addiction is at number thirty two. Is that the the live? It's got to be version, the live version right? with the kettle drums. Was that? I, I guess I thought that that was popular way before this time. I must be way off. I mean, Boy, this I was like. Know. I mean, I started listening to eighty nine X a lot in like I guess early ninety seven, 
And that's, um, I remember hearing Jane says the live version a ton, but I guess I thought it was before that. I guess I thought it was yeah, like, uh, I'm just looking right now. It looks like cuddle whistle is maybe just like a, uh, kind of a random conglomeration of live performances and alternate versions. Oh, interesting. Um, so it's a but con. Yes. Okay. Jane says live is one of the, okay. one of the tracks. That was my introduction and, to the song and to the band. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's good. I know Trav doesn't uh, particularly like it, but I, I think Jane says is, I don't know. It, it feels so nineties in such a good way. I really like it. Yeah, it just feels totally unremarkable. It's two chords for four minutes. Yeah, I mm. love that. Hmm. With some like, I feel like he he comes up with so much to <clears throat> do with those two chords. Yeah, and steel drum too. Yeah, yeah. which is kind of cool. Um, beautiful disaster by Three Eleven is at number thirty-five. Not as good as Prisoner. Um, probably not a good song. Animal but, Collective influence? No, not so much. <laughs> not so much this one. But man, there's a really great cool guitar drum syncopation thing yeah. that I I really dig. Like <laughs> more more or less, sure. Okay. Uh, I'm afraid of Americans by David Bowie at number thirty-seven. Awesome. Okay. So question, uh, question. Yep. Was it the album track or the Nine Inch Nails remix? I remember, I feel like I remember being under the impression that that song was David Bowie with Nine Inch Nails or Trent Reznor. So I think it is. Yeah. I think that's this. I think they're one and the same. I don't think there's a remix. I, I think I, I think Trent I saw Reznor that there was, was just involved I, in the. I, I thought I saw that there was a remix that was Nine Inch Nails. It, it could totally be the case. I don't. But I don't but really I listened. Know. But I don't. To, I've only heard one version of this song, and I, I listened like to I've both, listened and to I could enough. not tell a difference. Yeah, I could not yeah. tell a difference. Okay. So I don't know. I I never liked this song, and I still don't like it. Oh, I think Earthling is pretty cool. Pretty interesting. If there's a, a post Let's Dance Bowie album that's interesting, it might be this one. I, okay, before the next day and uh, Black Star, which are unbelievable. Yeah. But mm. prior to that, you know, I, I feel like this is like the 90s Bowie album that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, did either of you ever do G11 Special Sauce? No, no but that's a no. great a great thing that I'm curious about if anybody has anything to say about G love and the special sauce and, or John Spencer blues explosion, please tell me, please write to us and tell me why, all your thoughts on. Why do okay. You, well, hold I on, hang hold on, on. Hold you on. might not need somebody to write your letters. Hold on. Why do you mention <laughs> both of those together? Is there a connection? I'd always assume there was. John they Spencer, just seem like the John same Spencer kind of blues band. explosion was like a blues punk band that was on like touch and go or sub pop or something like that wait they were yeah oh i look like this is a total blind spot for me these two bands so i like i don't know anything about them i think i've heard one john spencer song 
kind of recently where I was like, Ooh, this actually might be kind of cool. Um, I've never heard of G love and special sauce. Yeah, I, song I, I, I'm, I'm like so unfamiliar with G love and special. They're sauce, like, uh, sure. maybe Ben Harper. Maybe that's a better comparison. Well, let me say this. But more how, uh, how many silly. times have you listened to Dave Matthews band and thought, I wish this guy would just start rapping. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. Uh, I, I had some friends that, along with me, liked this album, Yeah, It's That Easy by G Love and Special Sauce. Um, the song Stepping Stones and the song I 76, both of those. I don't know. It felt really fresh. It's, it's hacky sack music. It's, uh, it's not anything that's going to age well, but it, it felt like a breath of fresh air. I mean, it felt like something that was not, you didn't hear a lot of on the radio and, uh, it was just funky Oakley's wearing dudes with baggy pants and they were throwing that frisbee around <laughs> and it felt good you're convincing uh, me all right <laughs> yeah no i mean listen to the first two tracks on this album and you'll you might not like it but you'll understand the appeal is it fun like smash mouth no i'd say it's quite a bit more fun oh than smash mouth. my god i wow. mean my ex- my experience i'm an ann arbor boy you know we got hash bash we yeah. got you know, <laughs> incense and frisbee we had a whole incense and disc golf store on state street you worked at shame to. and drum and workshop i worked I at oh, shame yeah. and drum bookshop oh, yeah. you know you could buy any kind of bob marley poster that you Oh. could possibly envision in Ann Arbor in the 1990s. It was a beautiful place to grow up, and G-Love was very Ann Arbor in the 90s. I know too much, but one thing I know, a man stuck on you is like a stepping stone. Because you keep using me just like a stepping stone. You keep using me just like your stepping stone. Dude, this this, oh, this song sucks ass. <laughs> Stepping Stone? The, the G Love song on the chart. It sucks. Well. It's like it's like it's like the worst novelty song I could ever imagine. Oh my it's, god. It's like, yes, Dave Matthews mixed with Jack Johnson mixed with like um shit. What was the band? Oh fuck! Something Bloodhound Gang. It's like a mix of like oh um, hello Jack Johnson <laughs> yeah, and watch Dave out. Matthews. You're not band. gonna score any points with Travis and, by criticizing <laughs> Bloodhound Gang. Bloodhound Gang. <laughs> mixed with Man. like mixed with like ah uh, no, that's it. That's pretty much it. <laughs> that was really something. Watching Alec stun about being a, an, an Ann Arbor boy and Quillen running across the Zoom to boot him in the face and be like, no. Hey, <laughs> fuck I live you. near Ann Arbor. I love Ann Arbor. I love the area. But God, this song just sucked. It sucks. It's so terrible. Did you guys like The Ghost of Tom Joad? By... I don't really remember it. Dude, I don't either. Is it a cover? 
I don't. Isn't that a Bruce Springsteen? Uh, yeah, isn't Springsteen. It, is it Springsteen cover? Yeah. Yep. So yep. it's. I hated it when I was a kid, but I when I listened to it this time, it was sounding like better than most Rage Against the Machine songs. It was pretty fucking cool. Wait, better Drug, than most? Do you not like Rage Against the Machine? I like No Shelter, and I like some other songs, but like I don't love them. No, really. And, uh, no, do, do that, you? We we yeah. got to do a hiatus episode about Rage. I think we do. Oh, There's God. so much to unpack there. Oh, I, Jesus. I feel like we could just do a break off conversation right now about them um let's not okay when i was when i was younger i didn't get it and now that i'm older i totally get it. i'm so surprised i feel like rage is something that you of all people would be like fuck this it's too now? political yeah it's too oh, political no. it's too I much love, rapping i it's love political too- music and i don't dislike rapping Oh, come on, man. What are you making me out to be a Stiffly Stifferson for? <laughs> I didn't, no, I just feel like Rage specifically. I feel like I've never heard you say anything positive about this band. I've ever. never said anything negative about them. Maybe you, I maybe, like Rage. No, I, there's the thing. not like You've a, never a said Rage anything. Against... Yeah, there, exactly. There's never been a Rage Against the Machine song that I've heard that I've been like, I don't like it. It just does not seem like something that I would think yeah. you'd like. No, I like every single I've ever heard by them. Bulls on Parade is great. Yeah. People of I the feel sun like their politics good. have been vindicated oh, 100%. Yeah. I mean, they're just like... Many times over. They seem prescient now. Yeah. Uh, no Shelter from the Godzilla soundtrack is awesome. Awesome. Oh, awesome. Yeah, That's like my totally. favorite rage song for sure. Yeah, I, I was really pleasantly surprised by by the song it is like stoner rap rock like it's really slow and got a really cool groove and sounds like you're describing stepping stone by g love <laughs> well the last song i want to talk about i saved it for last is karma police by the Radioheads. um I thought it was U2 when it came out. I don't know what I thought it was. I did not think it was Radiohead. Um, man, do you remember the music video? Yeah. This is, yeah. This is one of my favorite music videos of all time. Terrifying. Um, I, yeah, I, it's not one of my favorite Radiohead songs, but... It has some truly incredible sounding drums, huge, huge, gnarly sounding, like over, overdriven drums. And, uh, the uh, simple climbing baseline, uh, during the ending of the song is like one Uh of my, one of my favorite baselines ever. It's just, it's so pretty. And that's like, that's what made me, I I've considered Colin Greenwood, one of my favorite bassists. And it's because of, that and I know it's like a McCartney riff basically, but like um it's so yeah, just really nice a nice bright spot in a pretty dark, sad sounding song. Yeah, it's very good. This song struck me as kind of a surprise that it was a single. Mm-hmm. Um I remember there was an era where there were albums that I was like so into after the first single and like being excited about what the next single would be. I remember that with melancholy and being like 1979, that seems like a 
weird second mm. single that I never would have expected. But that happened, you know, and it was sort of similar with Karma Police where it was like, really? Like I thought Exit Music would have been a good single because that was always such a standout um, from that album for me. Especially, I mean, like too if you're going to go this a- route too long of a quiet part like yeah um yeah too too like too long to get into it yeah yeah totally i hear you a brilliant song and um yeah i didn't i didn't know what to expect out of a single also i didn't know you know how to anticipate what a big hit would be it it kind of it it is kind of shocking how big this song ended up being and and i do agree with you trav like I, i i think even at the time so like I mean, well, I, Parent Android as an opening single is kind of crazy, though, too, when you think about it, because it's like six yeah. minutes long. They didn't edit it, um, but it just has that. It, it sounds like they wrote the song as like, this is the song that we're going to introduce the album. You know, like yeah. this is this is the like in very intentional lead off single. And then Let Down was like, I think. The obvious follow-up because it's like my opinion i guess but i think it is the best song on the album um and then this and then no surprises was the fourth single and um i guess i would have thought that like airbag would have been the would have been the third single maybe like i agree i mean it's there's weird maybe electioneering oh electioneering could have been one um Lucky. Even subterranean homesick alien would have been oh. like, uh, uh, and, and yeah, no, lucky too. That's a good call. Um, yeah, it, it's a weird, it, it's a weird choice, but uh, yeah, it's just it's you know canon and um, it makes sense, I guess now in retrospect. But I remember at the time being like, what? This is your next single, huh? And I, I don't think I think I only liked it okay, um, for a while, but um. Now, I guess I would say I love it, even though it's, yeah, I mean, not my favorite Radiohead song, but it just sounds so good. And the music video is just so, so fucking great. Hmm. I don't remember anything other than the visual of, like, driving at night and trailing someone who's, yeah. like, trying to get away from you. That's all I remember. Yeah, and Tom, Tom York is, like, sitting in the back seat of the car, and, like, the camera will, like um periodically pan to him singing and then mm-hmm. it'll pan back to like the car driving that's I don't not th- the whole video is it uh, it is and i don't it think oh, i don't wow. think the reveal that you're chasing someone is until like the very end oh yeah and then he stops and then i guess like maybe the car was leaking gas or something like that and he lights a match and throws it on the ground and then it um catches fire and then the the video ends with the car like going back in reverse like to try to get away from the fire oh yeah it's it's right. it's cool it, it's yeah. man their videos were, and then like no surprises was like what just like a uh, shot of tom york a close-up on Head his face fishbowl yeah the water filled up yeah and the the lyrics were coming up upside down from the bottom of the screen oh right <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty weird. Oh, there's a big part of it, and the uh, have you guys ever watched the, um, like the OK Computer Tour documentary? Um, no, meeting people, meeting is, people easy. is easy. Meeting people is easy at some yeah. point in my past. There's a part of it that's all about like 
making that video and like I guess it was like I mean unsurprisingly like super miserable because he's like actually wearing a fishbowl with water and uh and I think clearly they were like struggling with being so popular like it seemed like they were fucking miserable um dealing with all the fame and everything it's worth a watch for like um clips of them like practicing like sound checking um songs from like kid a and amnesiac and hail to the thief even um like before shows on the okay computer tour like yeah it's kind of cool cool uh this has got to be their second biggest song right after creep it goes creep and then karma police yeah, yeah, I mean, I wonder if their non-radio based. Um, I mean, Idiotech might be career has has eclipsed it. Yeah, like Idiotech might be up there. After, yeah, I even wonder about yeah. some like Fifteen Step, like just. Uh, oh. Um, I I'm looking at uh, their Spotify, which it's it's not a reliable way of looking at this, but. Um, Creep, 884 million. Um, Karma Police, 325 million. The next thing that I see here is No Surprises with 241 million. But they don't actually show you statistically what's at the top. I think it's a little arbitrary what they show you. Yeah, that might be a TikTok thing. No Surprises. Huh. After that, it's uh, High and Dry. High and Dry, yeah. Oh, oh, good. Uh, and then, uh, and then fake plastic trees. Hmm. Wow, what uh, a good I album just, that is! I just clicked on show more, and it, it opened it up to five more. Fake plastic trees, and then paranoid android, and then exit music, and then uh, weird fishes slash arpeggi. Oh yeah, and then nude, and then just and I then, ju- and then ju- fitter oh, happier. Just yeah, just yeah, was a... happier and tree fingers. <laughs> yeah, tree fingers. Just was a big hit, right? Just uh... rules. Just is so good. I mean, yeah. those chords are so awesome. Those are like Blur chords at Blur's peak of their powers. Yeah. Uh, God, Another... they were doing so, they're so nuts. If you could sit down and look through those chords and how, uh, they just don't fit and somehow absolutely fit or just, it's magic. Another, uh, great video too, man. I, oh yeah. I just oh, gotta yeah. say, I, I guess we should announce the, the plan that we're going to move forward with just, uh, this is turning into a, uh, Radiohead podcast where we <laughs> listen to each album and talk about the albums and then we'll go from there i guess i don't know three white men talking about radiohead <laughs> my my <laughs> everyone's initial proposal my initial proposal was that we do a pixies podcast which would not be was it different. what was it that was that was what i had initially suggested and oh. trav said we'll just every episode will just be us saying yeah this is great so he was the one who pushed to talk about something where sometimes we would be critical, and then that that drove me towards the radio. Mm. This must have been uh, a conversation radio. you guys had before looping me in. I don't think so. Really? 
I don't. I but it's possible. I remember. I, yeah, I definitely remember being looped in before we decided on this. Um, the thing about Pixies though is we would eventually get to bad stuff, right? If we were to cover. Yeah, now newer we, albums. We, we we wouldn't cover the reunion. <laughs> it would have just been the first five years. Fair. Less than five years. Well, hey, anyway. I'm done. I'm done with the chart. We we did it uh, for me. Okay. All right. Yeah, it's funny. We've talked so much about OK Computer. <laughs> um, I love great. it. I love it. Yeah. Yep. I sabotage this podcast. <laughs> okay. Well, shall we rate everything to everyone? Yes. Okay. What do you want to give it? I'll give it 4.5 fathers of mine. Um, I give OK Computer five out of five robot androids. <laughs> oh, we're supposed to rank Everclear. Okay. Yes, we are. Um, this song is fine. I give it three. Everyone. <laughs> oh three of everyone. Three everyone's. Um, I'm gonna give this one four synchronized jumps. And nice. uh, is it a Nirvana wannabe? I mean, I think that we've had a good run of non-Nirvana wannabes. I think this is one of those that are like that that is like uh, not a straight up ripoff or anything, but like we all know Nirvana had to have been an influence on Everclear, right? To some yeah, degree, sure. like yeah, I'll say it's sort yeah. of a Nirvana wannabe. Yeah. Fine, but like, what is the ultimate inspiration for this album? Is it like um, the Cars? Uh, you know, Alex Zakis was a a huge fan of uh, the band my wife likes. Uh, the boys are back in town. Who, who oh, Thin Lizzy. Thin Lizzy. Thin Lizzy. That kind of makes yeah. sense. <laughs> That makes sense. I get that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that works. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Um, hang on. I, s- like, I smell something. <laughs> <laughs> I think it might be smoke. Hold on. Oh, no. Tell me um, all your thoughts on pod. No, as a don't prod- worry about it. it. It was just sex and candy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Holy shit. Tell me all your thoughts on pod as part of the off shelf family. Don't you ever, ever try to step on my bit. Head to offshelf.net to sign up for their monthly zine. The best, most fun way for us to communicate with all of you is via our Facebook group. Tell me all your thoughts on Tell Me All Your Thoughts on Pod. I say the outro. Shut the fuck up. Listen along with our playlist on Spotify, Apple Music, or watch along on YouTube. We'll see you next next time. Oh, we're going to do a special on 1997. Bye. Oh, my fuck. Yeah.